My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Tuesdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. And joining me into a huge, large, scramble city gestalt combiner mega force that is known as the fan holes are my fellow fan holes. So give a shout out and let everybody know who you're going to be combining with tonight. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm part of a fusilateral quintro combiner. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, guys, this is Tony. And I guess I'm going to give you some first aid on how to be streetwise. It's kind of in my groove. Blades. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Man, looks, looks like after we hit that hot spot, we will get back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled broadcast. No, uh, what we're discussing tonight on Transformers Tuesdays is we, we, we all decided it might be kind of fun to discuss some of our favorite subgroups in Transformers and specifically kind of the combiner subgroup. And so we, we all kind of, you know, made our individual selections and everything. And I guess, you know, we'll, we'll pro probably just go around the, you know, the, the, the Skype list here and, and find out what everybody's, I guess, favorite team of combiners are and then kind of, go into, you know, I, I assume some details about those combiners and maybe, you know, regale one another with stories of said combiners, you know, whether it's our histories with the combiners or, you know, when we were first introduced to them and all that kind of good stuff. So I, I, I think pretty much, uh, let's see, who, who should we start with first in, in chronological order? Like, what about you, Mike? Like, I know, I know probably... You and I would have been secret brothers, but I think I, I decided to pick something that was not the same as yours, so we'd have some more variety on this show. But what what kind of subgroup did you go with, and and I guess maybe tell us, you know, kind of why they're your favorites? Uh, my pick was the Combaticons slash uh, Bruticus. Combaticons transform, brawl, swindle. I think that it's a good like makeup of personalities on the team. Uh, like I've always, I've had like almost every single incarnation of the Combaticons throughout the years in toy form. Like they've always had like good, cool, like military alt modes. Like, you know, what kid wouldn't want a bunch of tanks and, you know, a, a space shuttle a helicopter and a Jeep, you know? So, but, uh, and yeah, like onslaught is probably one of my personal favorite, like, uh, Transformers characters, period. So, like, that probably informs my choice a lot, too. 
And, uh, I don't, like, the, the Combaticons, like, like, they're all cool, but, like, like, I, I'd say, like, Swindle is, like, like, he's one of those characters that, like, transcended, like, his subgroup, where it's, like, you can, you can do, like, Swindle, a Swindle story, and not even involve the Combaticons, which, you know, like, they kind of had him in Transformers animated as his own character, so... Like I think that speaks to the strength of a uh, you know uncle what Uncle Bob wrote for him in his profile or whatever, but uh yeah like I I did a swindle story <laughs> yeah I mean he's he's such a great character so like and like all 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 five of them have like nice cool personality quirks and like they just all lend them like it's a cool like make like i said a cool makeup for a team and like they all lend themselves to like good uh stories and um i think i i'm not certain whether i saw the combaticons on a cartoon or in a comic first like i know for a fact the first time i saw them in a comic was ish the infamous you know issue 24 which was their first appearance where optimus prime like blows himself up over a video game and you know like, the Combaticons didn't really make a big impression, like, in that, because they're just kind of, you know, they combine into Bruticus, and then, like, you know, everyone postures, and then, you know, Ethan Zachary's like, let's play a video game instead, like, and everyone's like, okay, and then, you know, the, the Combaticons all get wasted at a video game, and I don't know, it, it wasn't very memorable, but I probably, like, took note of them uh in their first appearance in the cartoon because you know obviously that's like one of uh the most i would say like it's not on my top 10 lists but it's probably on a lot of people's top 10 lists like the first appearance I, I, of the combaticons yeah i, yeah, I Star, like starscream's brigade, brigade right yeah, yeah, yeah starscream's yeah. brigade like that's like not only like does it it's the first appearance of the Combaticons, but it's like the kind of the first time that Starscream really like you felt like Starscream had a chance at like like usurping Megatron. So like it, it almost seemed like he was gonna make his own like faction and it might like go on like that. But you know by the end of the episode it's like nope. And then yeah, but I mean that's a good episode and that's yeah. one one of those episodes where it's like new toy syndrome like first like strikes where it's like you know as soon as Bruticus shows up like Devastator sucks ass Devastator right, right. Yeah. everybody everybody else is pissing their hands yeah much, right? but they the Combaticons are super like badass and all and like I I really liked. For the most part, like, their portrayal in the recent, like, Till All Are One comic, because I, I feel like uh, Mayor Gurid Scott had a good handle on, like, the team dynamics, and they, there was a cool scene where they actually show what's going on in, in Bruticus's head while he's, like, combined, and, like, like, I thought that was a really awesome visual, where it was, like, this weird... I don't know, like, mindscape scene, and, like, it showed, like, all the Combaticons, like, trying to focus... Uh, on what like what was happening and like in the in the very bottom corner you see like this fuzzy view of Bruticus's like what's happening in the real world which is like I guess like Bruticus in a mindless rage or whatever so you, you don't often get that I guess with like the chance to explore a gestalt from like its own mindscape or whatever so like yeah like I mean that's that's something I, I thought was really cool 
my my logic, and this is my own internal logic, so I'm sure the TF Wiki's dates could conceivably prove me wrong. But my internal logic is that beyond the toys, which I'm I'm pretty sure the first Combaticon I ever bought was Vortex, and then I you know slowly got all the other Combaticons, you know, Blast Off and Onslaught and Brawl and then Swindle, and I I know that other than Devastator and Defensor, Bruticus is probably one of the few G1 combiners that I managed to completely assemble. So in that regard, I mean, you know, that combiner definitely holds a special place along those lines. But I guess what I was going to say in terms of chronology, pretty sure Starscream's Brigade was the first time I was introduced to Bruticus because my rationalization is, well, they killed Prime in the Transformers comics to sort of loosely tie in to the movie, right? And the movie wouldn't have come out until after the second season, right? So, like, that's that's kind of my weird yeah. internal logic for that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think Prime returned until he was Power Master Prime, right, Mike? Right. Yeah, issue like forty-two, I think. Yeah, Two. Like he died yeah, in 42. twenty-four. Yeah. So. The Generation 2 Combaticons were, like, the first toys I had of them. And I think they're still, like, some of the only Generation 2 toys I have that are in one piece. Like, I th- I'm pretty sure I have, like, a big, like, freezer bag of all, like, the Combaticons and their parts somewhere in storage. Like, somewhere. I know, like, because I... I, I I had them all in some bin at one point, and I like when I slowly went through that bin, I like picked out all their parts and everything. And I was like, "Oh, these guys are still like utterly like complete." Like so, I, I I grouped them all together and then put them like neatly in storage. I, I just imagine you have like this big storage building full of like G1 Transformers and ancient Mew cards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just I reached into my ancient Mew locker to get you that card. Yeah. <laughs> What I was going to say also about Bruticus is I think the the last really fond memory I have is playing him in War for Cybertron and stomping the shit out of stupid fucking Autobots. Yeah, like that was that was a, a lot of fun. That's a great you know? like level like, and it's like yeah, it's almost yeah. it's it's not so like it it seems like frustrating at first because Bruticus like walks so slowly. But his health like regenerates so quickly, and he takes so little damage that it's like impossible to die with him. So it's yeah. like yeah, it's it's just like the game I is mean, pretty you, much you, you, yeah. You do get that that sense of power being a combiner, you know, like you're like this is this is pretty epic right here, like <laughs> and that's it's very enjoyable. It's it's great to like you know when you do the you punch the ground and send like a shockwave out and like you hear all like yeah. the Autobots on the ground go like oh. Yeah, I was gonna bust out my rare ability to do good impersonations of random things, and for Bruticus, because I knew one of you guys was gonna pick him. He's not my my personal favorite, but I always remember from the cartoon for some reason, uh, Bruticus mad, Bruticus angry. I don't know why. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bruticus devastate, devastate all. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, nice that, that, voice. That, that's a that, yeah, that's a great episode. I was like that because he's like, no, Starscream, not Bruticus, your leader. <laughs> that was uh, so. that was Harry Mudd, 
voicing Bruticus, wasn't it? Like same as Cyclonus, I think. So, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, what's his name? Carmichael. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's that weird. I think it's the Paradron episode where Galvatron's just like on Paradron and Bruticus is just chilling with him and talking with him. And people were like, was that supposed to be like Cyclonus? And they just like animated Bruticus there? Because he's, he's like... Really short. <laughs> yeah, he's like only like a head taller than Galvatron. And he's like, mighty Galvatron. I, and I, I guess the other thing I would say about Bruticus is like his Combiner Wars thing. Like I mentioned it on this show before, but it's like I had to like save up and wait and get the Takara version of Bruticus, like Unite Warriors version instead of the Combiner Wars one. Cause I wanted like the absolute best painted one with the, like, you know, the real blast off and not the fake slingshot painted blast off. So my blast off is real. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, it's cool to have, but he's not like a great deluxe, honestly, like the, the real, the quote unquote real blast off. Like he's kind of fidgety, like his legs don't stay together so well, but you know, as long as you have him in a arm mode, he's pretty good. Yeah. Mine, mine makes, mine makes more sense. So shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> move or is better. <laughs> move or like i think oh, I, I think that version the robots in disguise version of bruticus like that was the first combiner i ever wow. had like i remember what is it you know, it's that, ruination right was yeah ruination more? but i mean nice, in my head nice small to guess whatever yeah yeah i mean in my head he was you know bruticus but uh i just remember thinking like that was really weird like because i mean it's basically a re-release of like a g1 toy you know and I, was, I just remember thinking, like, this is really weird. Like, I could have bought this as a kid, but as an adult, I can I can basically walk into the store as an adult and buy it. And I remember just, you know, having fun getting the different uh, the different figures and kind of putting them together. I'm just like, wow, this is this is pretty awesome. Like, this is what I was missing out on as a kid because I never had any <laughs> combiners or even any like very large transformer toys as a kid like most of the transformers i had growing up are like the smaller figures like throttle bots and you know warpath and cosmos and insecticon so like getting you know getting like the robots in disguise version of bruticus i was like man this is awesome <laughs> like i would have been missing out like for 20 years now yeah <laughs> i was about to say mike um like bruticus i don't know if he's actually legitimately the most popular transformers combiner because i know a lot of other characters could take that namesake but I think he's the most reproduced and like has the most different versions of him. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. It's like you've got, yeah, what what is it? Um, uh, Battle Gaia from like that uh, yeah. obscure like yep. uh, Japanese line, and then yeah, you got Ruination or Valdicus or whatever, and then uh, there's probably something else. Although like the G two Bruticus, and then. Yeah, War for Cybertron. Yeah, and then they they re-released the Ruination like box set like two or three times like in the U.S. Like remember like Skin Disease Ruination or whatever. <laughs> I, I actually had actually had Arctic Camo Ruination. That yeah. was actually pretty badass. Yeah, like I, I remember actually like trying to go to that was like a Walmart exclusive, wasn't it? Uh, Target, Target. Or Target, yeah, like, I I remember searching, really, like, for a long, like, a couple months, like, to for that Tundra, whatever, ruination, but I never found it. 
Like, even though I had, like, the G2 versions, I was like, I kind of want to ruin it, or Bruticus again, but... I have him. Yeah. <laughs> I never found him. I was I was yeah. almost, I was gonna say though I was almost tempted like the they just released the like Unite Warriors box set like a, they repainted the Combiner Wars or Unite Warriors Combaticons into those guys like the Ruination guys and I was kind of like you know what now they're like actually in scale with like robots in disguise scourge and skybite so i was kind of like man i should get those true because, yeah. yeah it's like that's pretty cool but the, then then i was like i don't need to buy that mold that those that set of molds again for another like hundred something bucks so and also also uh you know just to uh you know give you more fan love onslaught was probably one of the best ultra like generations toys like the the armored car or SWAT van, what it was like a SWAT truck or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like the yeah, he was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he didn't combine, which was a shame. But like, well, like you said, the 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 the, the characters were so fleshed out. Like, you could sell an onslaught by himself, and like he said, Swindle had his own animated episode by himself, and he had a, he had a tie, he had a bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was voiced by um. What's his name? Uh, Fred Willard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was basically a car salesman. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's like, you know, I, I'd say like every Gestalt team has like at least one like standout member, but like Swindle is like in a class of his own almost. Like, you, like I said, he, he's, he's beloved for being Swindle, not for being a Combaticon. When you see him by himself, it, it doesn't seem weird. You're like, no, no, yeah, he can totally well, stand on his own. The, the whole the whole reason he made it into animated was the the character designer uh, Derek Wyatt. Uh, like he he loved Swindle and he was like champing at the bit to put Swindle in the show. And then like he he was like he said in an interview he was kind of like man like I had to like bone up on Swindle again. And he was like I remembered like that one awesome episode where Swindle like sold all the Combaticons like parts and stuff. Then he was like then I rewatched it and it was like that episode bot like B O T. And he was like that Swindle part only takes up like five minutes of that episode and the rest of the episode is like fucking atrocious like so. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, well, well, me and you both have issues with bot, considering my pick. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, like that's a pretty terrible episode, aside from that swindle stuff. But, but yeah, yeah the, I mean that's all I have to say well, about the Combaticons. But yeah. Well, speaking of Tony's pick, it is kind of the opposite number two, Bruticus and the Combaticons. So why don't you why don't you share with the listeners, Tony, who you picked, and 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 maybe you can tell us, you know, your your misgivings about how that character was treated in uh, thought. Well, I think probably the most unpopular Transformer combiner ever. Defensor, um, the Protectobots. Protectobots! Hotspot! Streetwise! Groove! First aid and blades! Transform into Defensor! Though in recent years, I think he's been getting a, a lot more love, which is really good. And I do appreciate that. Uh, Defensor was a G1 combiner. Um, all the guys we're talking about are... But uh, he he was basically five rescue vehicles. He was a uh, uh, fire truck, a uh, rescue helicopter, a police cruiser, a highway patrol bike, and an ambulance. First aid, uh, groove, streetwise, blades, and hotspot. And one of the things that really drew him to me is like his color combination. When you put Defensor together, he looks really good. 
He's also really bulky and he looks like strong and stuff. And he was uh, like you were saying, Derek, with uh, how you were talking about how much you you did like uh, Bruticus. He was the only G1 combiner I finished and I made complete. And I just loved the guy. He he was just so sturdy and blocky and just like had a good aesthetic. And his character, unfortunately, over the years, it's hit or miss. I, I know. Uh, me and Mike are familiar with the fact that Blades is kind of a little bit like a street warrior. He's kind of bloodthirsty, which is kind of cool. That's kind of a cool edge. Uh, First Aid is probably the most uh, established character. He's semi-pacifistic, but he's been pushed to the edge because of the war and stuff. So he can resort to violence. Um, however, he is very caring. He, he's you know he's he's a good understudy for Ratchet, and he like has a lot of. Uh, good qualities probably one of the only ones that uh he got to shine was in that episode that uh swindle stole the the uh transformation cock from metroplex and first aid had to like step up because he felt like he wasn't part of the team and that's really cool hotspot actually did get a little bit of love in g2 which i thought was really cool he got to be heroic he, he got his ass kicked but he tried <laughs> streetwise groove they don't get a lot of love, and, and that's understandable. Groove is even probably even more of a hippie than First Aid. He's a very chill, laid-back guy. He just wants to roam the highways and all that stuff. Streetwise, at his best in IDW, he kind of gets shown as being kind of like an understudy of Prowl. Not that Prowl likes him or is his like best friend, but Streetwise likes Prowl. He wants to be kind of like Prowl, which I think is like a cool thing. You know, like They're both cop cars. That makes sense. But yeah, in in the G1 cartoon, he was very underused, and his first appearance was Bot, B dot O dot T, and that was probably the worst outing for the Kabaticons. But unfortunately, the Kabaticons got a good debut. The fucking Protectobots just show up, and they're in a firehouse or something, and it's like none of the characters really get a good showing, really. They had a little bit more in season three, not much, not much better. And a lot of people, I think that's why a lot of people tend to overlook them. In IDW, they, you know, uh, recently Mike was just talking about in The Lost Light, issue 10, you do get to see more of them. But again, they're not really fleshed out a lot. You know, like the one who gets the most shine is First Aid. However, one of the reasons why I love Defensor is he's the good guy. He, he is a rescue trooper, basically. He goes in and saves humans. And in his tech spec bio, one thing that really kind of like maybe endeared to him is like he's really compassionate towards humans. He wants to save human lives. And I'm like, well, that's what a good guy should be. And also, he's really powerful, but he doesn't get to show that a lot. Uh, he actually has a force field that can repel really intense heavy bombardment. He can't keep it up for long, but it's probably even stronger than Trailbreakers, but he can only use it when he's united in his defensive form. And with Combiner Wars, one thing that I will say is um, suck it all, everybody who hates like Defensor, because Hotspot's mold is probably the best Voyager. Better than Silverbolt, definitely better than Motormaster, probably one of the most solid molds. And that is fucking awesome. That made me really happy. Blades, okay. Um, streetwise, not bad. First aid, not bad. But they actually made a groove, and they made two grooves. You can either make him a chest, or you can make him a deluxe leg. 
And also we had Rook. And Mike and me have talked about Rook more than a few times. Rook is a good addition to the team. He's kind of like the, the, the brute force of the team. And he's a SWAT truck. Kind of like, you know, again, the police force. That's one of the things I really like about Defensor. He's a very integrated idea. I understand Mike likes Blast Off. I don't understand how a, a space shuttle works with a tank and a helicopter and a missile truck. And, you know, <laughs> I don't get that. And other teams are also kind of mismatched. Like you have the aerial bots that are four fighter jets and a passenger jet. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense either. And they've often said in various, you know, descriptions of Defensor, he's actually pretty well together in his combined form. He actually has a single purpose, much like some of the other ones we're going to talk about later, which I won't give away. But Defensor just seems like a good heroic kind of figure. And I, I like how he looks. And, you know, I, I first got introduced to him in uh, Toys, and then I read uh, like read about him in some of the comics, and then in the show he appeared in Bot, and that made me a little unhappy, but I, I think he's getting more justice due to him now, and it's a really good team, I th- and, and they're very professional. I think they're kind of like the Cyclops of Transformers. They're good at what they do, and because they're good at what they do, they're not the cool, edgy guys, <laughs> Yeah, Defense Store memory that always stood out to me as a kid was in The Return of Optimus Prime when he's infected with the hate plague. I mean, I like Defense Store. Like, I'll get your back on him because I like Defense Store too. But it, it, I always thought it was kind of interesting that he was treated as such a big threat in that two-parter because he was evil. And basically, in, in my little kid mind, him being infected with the hate plague made him like Mirrorverse. Defensor, like instead of defending, he's just gonna rip everything apart, you know. And he, like he's destructor. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a funny way to put it. But like that's that's the memory that always stood out to me, like as a kid of, of Defensor, even even though it's of him, you know, being crazy. But that's the uh, that's the memory. Um, I like I do like Defensor. Like when I was growing up, my cousin had hot spot and blades and i was always kind of after him i was like dude you got to get the others you got to get the others we you know we got to build this combiner and i can remember going to like flea markets and places you know looking for the other members and never ever finding them so we we only had like two uh members of defense or and i was always kind of sad about that but i like the toys i mean blades is kind of an interesting toy he's not great but i think he's fun like but I always liked G1 Hotspot. I, I never got Combiner Wars uh, version, but I always liked the G1 version. I thought he was pretty cool. And and I don't know, maybe I have a thing for like fire trucks because like a uh, neighbor kid had like Inferno, and I remember playing with his Inferno and thinking Inferno was really cool. Yeah, G1 Hotspot is a really good G1 figure. Yeah, I I, I have a vivid memory of having. I, I I must have gotten it from a friend or maybe just found it on the ground or something, but like this tattered catalog from like a Transformers toy. And it was like the third, like the third year range of characters and stuff. And like the, the, the catalog was like fucking disgusting. Like it was like, I must've found it like on the ground somewhere or something. It was like ripped up and like cruddy and all that. But like, 
the clearest image was that of the Protectobots and Defensor, and I, I'd like, I used to be like staring at it, like, man, I really want them, like, and like, I never ever got them because they were way, like, it was long past the time they were available in stores. So, like, the Combiner Wars, like, versions of the Protectobots were the first ones I ever owned, like, or of that team at least. So, like, I, I, I I've never owned a G1 Defensor, and I, I don't think he's ever been reissued either. So. Like, you know, that that was something, like, I missed out on, I guess. You know, something that I tended to do, and, and this is true of Bruticus and Defensor, like, I did complete Bruticus and Defensor, but sometimes, somewhere along the way, like, I would lose, like, an arm or a leg of theirs, like, because it's like, I know I completed Bruticus, and Vortex was one of the first Combaticons I bought, but he was also one of the first Combaticons I lost. And like I wow, know man. Groove, I know Groove was one of the first Protectobots I bought, and I'm trying to think if it was Blades. Like maybe I lost the helicopters for both of them or whatever. But I, I remember there was you know some point I had all five, and then at some point I was missing like an arm and a leg or whatever. And then I think going to what Justin said about kind of like a a distilled memory of the character per se like it, you know there's a lot to respect in the terms of you know like not only you know it, he's got his name it's pretty clear you know defensor like he's going to defend humanity like they're called the protectobots and you know they're all either you know emergency vehicles police vehicles things like that you know things that are basically out to you know defend and or protect humanity and everything but of course my my textbook definition defensor scene and it also kind of goes into why people think he's lame too like it kind of encompasses everything and it's like it's like the burden hardest to bear is probably one of my favorite transformer episodes and i'm always kind of doing the whole roger carmichael thing with that because you know defensor is like no more no more harm must come to the humans! And of course, Cyclotus is like, That decision has been taken out of your hands, Defensor! You know, and he just shoots him straight up in the back and everything. And it's like, that kind of, like, exemplifies, like, Defensor to a T. He doesn't want anybody to be hurt. He's got a decent amount of power in that scene, but not enough to to do what he wants to do, you know, for the purposes of that story. So it's like, it kind of cracks me up at the same time, but I, I sort of get why, you, you know, you would enjoy the character and the team, but then I also kind of can appreciate and understand the the stigma the character's gotten, you know, for, for various reasons over the years as well, because he is one of those characters that is a, you know, nobody dies today character, and he doesn't, really have any control over who dies and who doesn't like he does his best but you know sometimes that's just not enough yeah i understand like you know he uh again he's probably the least you know uh popular combiner but um i, I think one of the things uh, i think mike would agree with me on this one of my favorite scenes of defense ever in media is sadly from Dreamwave. sadly um there's an issue where shit's going down on Cybertron and stuff and Devastator's wrecking shit and the Protectobots, you know, are like, well, we're getting called in. And it's like, we can't use this combining technology. You know, it's different than IDW where combiners are, are taboo. They can combine. And there's just 
just like really glorious shot of Defensor going toe to toe with Devastator, and there's like no fucks given. He's like throwing punches, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, <laughs> it was like he's like, you know, I'm I'm gonna save the day, and like that's what I that's what I think about Defensor. He's he's he is kind of anachronistic. He is kind of like Mighty Mouse. He wants to save the day. He wants to be like the good guy. But it's not because he's naive or even stupid. He just he just has that like heart, you know. He wants to, he's the underdog, and I think also that's also another thing I like about him. He is the underdog. Not a lot of people like him. People like Superior more, even though Superior screams like a little fucking bitch every time he's in the G one cartoon. I'm oh, at supreme, and I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like why do people like it? Like why do people like Superior? Hey, that that was that was only his first appearance when he had like Sludge's voice or whatever, and then he got <laughs> it, he got his own voice like in later episodes. But yeah, he did, and, and the Aerobots did get more fleshed out, especially like with War Dawn and stuff. And I would love an episode like that in uh, G One where like the the Protectobots actually got to uh, show their stuff because, like I said, Blades could be a badass. First Aid did get a nice little spotlight, and and Hotspot. His his character bio is he never quits. Like as far as like not just because he has heart, but just because he's a workaholic. He he's always fighting, and like he he thinks if you're fighting, you're dead. You know, like if you if you stop fighting, you're not you know giving to the cause. So like that that kind of struck a nerve of me. He's kind of like the Captain America of combiners, kind of. Well, some some trivia on protect the protectobots and defensor like that I, I've gleaned from, like, reading the wiki, like, over the years and stuff. Like, they even got shafted cast-wise, because if you'll notice, the other three, like, combiner teams that were introduced that year, they all got, like, dedicated, like, voice actors, and, like, everyone got, like, new voices and stuff. Yeah. But all, they all five Protectobots are just voiced by, like, existing cast members, like, and, like, I, I think they said that's because they were, like, the last team to be given, like, background information for the writers so they didn't know where they came from or what they were about. So it's like there was no time to, like, cast new actors for them. So it's like, I think it's like Dan Gilvezan voices Hotspot. Uh, Frank Welker voices both Blades and Groove. And uh, I think Peter Cullen voices Streetwise. And then Michael Bell voices First Aid. So it's all, like, or the already in-house talent voicing them instead of, like you know, dedicated actors like the other three teams got. I was just going to say they're doing their whole SAG rules. Yeah. Where they, they, they get to do at least three voices for an episode yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, you, you'll he, notice... You would think that, that'd be cool, but they, they use, like, generic voices because they're like, I don't want this to be Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like the other three teams also got, like, origin episodes, but the Protectobots just show up out of nowhere. So it's like that's... It's just it's all down to like rushed production, basically. Yeah, like, like I said, Bot is a terrible episode for many reasons. It's horribly written. It's got three annoying motherfucking kids who just suck ass. And then, the, the worst, the worst like portrayal of Defensor's force field like ever too, where he's like, you know, he's he's got the force field up, and Megatron's like, stop shooting! Like he's got a force field up, and then like Defensor drops it, and then you hear Megatron go like, now shoot him! And then like they shoot him, and he falls over. <laughs> yeah, like I forgot I had that. But I, 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 Defensor does get the short end of the stick. But his Combiner Wars combiner is also one of the more steady ones. And, you know... Yeah, that's uh, true. That's very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, as far as, like, kind of secret brothers, well, honestly, Mike, you wouldn't have Bruticus without Defense Storm, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, another thing that might be worth mentioning is kind of like how Swindle is the standout Combaticon. I mean, I guess you could technically say, you know, Blades going on to have his own role in Rescue Bots. You know, it's not the same thing as Swindle in Transformers. Animated, but it's kind of similar. I mean, he basically the the blades in that cartoon is a standalone character per se. That's part of the the rescue bots team and has really nothing to do with the protective bots. So in some ways, you've got a character like Swindle who kind of stands out of his own accord and everything. I, I well, I'd actually give that to first aid. Like I yeah, because it, it, it more than meets the eye. Like he was really his own character before they came along. Yeah, and he got his own spotlight episode in the cartoon too. So, but like no, I, I see what you're saying. But like I, I, I feel like the Blades from Rescue Bots is just like another character that just happens to have the same name. Where whereas like Swindle and Animated was clearly like a G1 like homage. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know, like, part of me feels like the first aid stuff is just, like, they had, like, leftover ratchet scripts after he died and, like, needed to give them to somebody, but, you know, that's... No, no, it's funny, too. It's, like, in, the in like, the TF Universe profile and his tech specs, like, there's nothing that says first aid is a pacifist. Like, Groove is the pacifist. Like, that's... All his bios say he's the pacifist. Like, yeah, that was just that season three episode, yeah. Yeah, it's like that that season, I guess they must have been like, well, it's probably easier for kids to understand if a medic is a pacifist, so, but... And they did, they did kind of like, translate into IDW a little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's like First Aid and, and Lifeline need to have a exclusive uh, Tom Scioli issue or something where they hang out. And... Yeah, I guess so. Be pacifists yeah. together or something. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tom Scioli already made defense or damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, we, me and Derek have talked about this, but the defense or from the Transformers versus GI Joe like series is pretty hilarious. Like he's made up from a bunch of random guys, including yeah, Rescue Bots, Blades, and RC too, who forms like a pair of like pink panties for him or something. Oh my so. God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she yeah. is literally his crotch. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. But but on the bright side, they, they I, I I do get a side note that that is not uh the protect boss. It is defensor, but they're called the rescue boss or something like that. Yeah. And there, it's like kind of like a it seemed almost like a Voltron thing or something where it's like we are defensor, defender of mankind, you know. And and while and while like you know my defensor is like. Hindered by pink panties. Also, Mike gets to take a prowl bump because prowl's part of the team, and he's like just there. Yeah. <laughs> so we we both got like not butt hurt, but just like really. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it seemed like all the rescue vehicles who were not actually Protectobots, like Prowl, Inferno, like Red Alert. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, and the fucking Target Master Flintlock or oh whatever. yeah, a pe- Peacemaker. Peacemaker. His name, his name was Peacemaker, so that only makes sense for Defensor to have a gun named Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, one thing I will add before we uh, move on. Um, G1 Defensor did have the best combiner weapons, I think. Yeah, twin fireball cannons, and I, I like guns more than swords. So just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I think we long ago when we had our TF Universe podcast, we made fun of the fact that Hotspot and Defensor carried around like fireball cannons and stuff. Like you know, it's like put out the fire and start the fire. Put out the fire and start the fire. You know, best way to put out this burning building is just to burn it down. Yeah, it's like Hotspot, use your fireball cannons to suppress the blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that doesn't seem to make sense, but okay. My name is Hot Spot, not Cold Spot. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, but I like Defensor and man. <laughs> didn't I understand? Didn't, I was just thinking, like, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about in that episode, Derek. Didn't we decide that, like, it was like Hot Spot's weakness was that his fireball cannons like backfired sometimes, and didn't we decide yes. that that's how Chip Chase lost his legs? Like, <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like that, like he, he doused Chip Chase's legs in fireball like fuel or whatever. Yes, something so, so, something horribly horrific like that. Yes. So, so does that make Defensor actually cooler then? <laughs> he made Chip Chase actually paraplegic instead of like I'm standing up. <laughs> But anyway, it, yeah. it totally it totally changes Defensor's whole protect humanity like a modus operandi because he's actually suffering from extreme guilt. <laughs> I want to protect everybody because I put that kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> I think I think like in the G two comic, like in Hotspot's final appearance, like he even makes a like Furman wrote a comment about that where uh, he's shooting his fireball cannons and he's like, I know this is like incongruous to my like alt mode, but these are fireball cannons. Yeah, well, I mean he's fighting a war, man. He can't like kill Decepticons with like a water gun. Thank you, G two. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah, Defensor underappreciated, but I do understand why. But he's still my favorite. Cool. So I, I think I'll chime in with with what I decided to select in lieu of the Combaticons, and since I'm kind of a season three mark, I went with the Technobots. Magnus, look! I've never seen Decepticons as vicious as those monstrous terror guns. Lucky we have the Technobots! Yeah, but those high-tech heroes are in for one horrific battle. I usually suffer from the whole new toy syndrome deal, and it's, it's interesting because according to the wiki and air dates and all that other kind of stuff, supposedly the Technobots were first introduced in Grimlock's new brain, what what I seem to recall is that the first time I ever noticed them was in the episode Money is Everything. And there's some cool things about that episode, including the fact that it was co-written by Jerry Conway, who's a big, you know, comic book writer of his own renown. And then all the other thing that I kind of took note of is, as opposed to Grimlock's New Brain, which was animated by ACOM, which is kind of one of the more crap animation studios that worked on Transformers. The episode Money is Everything was actually animated by Toei, so it's got super cool animation. Everybody kind of looks slick and neat and awesome and everything. And that's kind of how I was first introduced to the Technobots. So they looked cool. They were futuristic vehicles, which I I think, you know, me, like, I guess I, I, guess I was never really a... You know, Derek, a car guy. You Derek, know, so. you, like, you like space? Yes, I love space. <laughs> I was never space. really... A, yeah, they are kind of space-agey. You know, I was never really, uh, 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 strictly speaking, like a, a, a guy who was into cars, per se. So, well, I guess what I mean to 
espoused by that is whereas you know somebody might be into say a Lamborghini or a Porsche or you know uh, a Datsun like any of the cars that Transformers turn into and they specifically love those those real world examples of cars you know I I do one of the reasons why I probably gravitate towards season three Transformers is none of those characters transform into honest to goodness you know quote unquote real cars you know they're all kind of futuristic hover cars like blur and you've got you know light speed who turns into kind of a futuristic speed car you've got afterburner who's probably my favorite technobot and i think was the first technobot uh, uh, for the g1 toys that i bought i only think i, 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 I will, have I will, I will. I will secret brothers you on that afterburner is a really cool toy is his bike mode is really cool yeah yeah i i like the bike mode it probably reminds me a little bit of tron in a way which i was also super keen on like he he's kind of like a transformer light cycle i guess if you're not super familiar with the character and he has you know you can stick a cannon on his side and everything like that you know unfortunately uh i guess afterburner and lightspeed were the only Technobots that I owned as a kid, so I never did complete Compitron. But you know, of course, you have you know Scattershot, who's the leader. You've got Strafe, who is kind of like the the nutty you know flyboy of the group, who turns into kind of a futuristic plane. You've got Nosecone, who's kind of like the dour kind of tracks of the group almost, but he is a uh, futuristic kind of like power drill type you know uh, vehicle mode and everything like that. And so, like, I I think the reason why, like I said, I like those characters and, and you know, enjoy them is mostly because of what Tony was talking about. The kind of, you know, season three, you know, 2006, you know, I know now it's like 2006 was like a million years ago, bro. But back then, when you were a kid, you know, it was like it was the far flung future, you know, and it's like I, I think I think they delivered on that promise. Whereas like, you know, sometimes you, you, you'd watch episodes and it'd be like, it is the year 2006. And like there are trees and houses. And I'm like, there are trees and houses now, dude. Like what, what's so fucking space agey about that? You know, but at least in this episode, you know, money is everything. It's like you had a a space kind of smuggler who was very, you know, Han Solo-ish and, and flying around in the Lazy Sue, and you had Marissa Fairborn, who's like the daughter of Flint and Lady J, and she's part of the Earth Defense Command, and they have their sort of new-agey, you know, Spike and Daniel-looking jumpsuits, and, you know, so I, I think it sort of tied into all that stuff that I always enjoyed, you know, kind of like a futuristic look and everything. And, you know, the fact that they transform into Computron. Well, I, I know that apparently from what I can tell from gleaning internet write-ups about Computron, it seems like Computron gets as much shit as Defensor does for being like a nerd or whatever, which is why they tried to, you know, have Menasaur call him a nerd and punch his face in in the Combiner Wars thing, but I, I guess that's why I didn't like that, because I, I don't think he's a nerd. Like, I kind of like Computron, so I, I was never, you know, like one of those guys was like, you know, nerd or whatever. Like I, I thought Computron was pretty cool. So that's, you know, that that's kind of why I picked what I picked. I mean, as far as, as other appearances, I mean, he, you know, the Technobots after those episodes of, uh, season three, um, you know, they, they would show up in the headmasters cartoon here and there, 
They were in the Marvel comics. Uh, they, they were our first introduced in the Marvel comics in the Headmasters miniseries. So they joined, you know, Fortress Maximus, you know, when they all decided to, you know, sort of peacefully, you know, leave the war and, and head off to Nebulos or whatever. And so, and, you know, and just, like, just, like, just like Bruticus, he, he did go head to head with his other other half Abominus. That was like his his bad right, guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, it was the the Technobots versus the Terracons, and then, um, you know, and and then I I guess you know I mean for the most part like it seems like the person who got the most play in all the Marvel comics, whether it was UK or the US comics, it seems like Scattershot was always you know front and center being the Technobot representative because usually it'd be like you know Fortress Maximus would show up and say oh here are my you know, here are my generals, here are my lieutenants, you know, it's like, oh, and, you know, here's Scattershot, leader of the Technobots, you know, along with, you know, whoever else, you know, Fortress Maximus was, was introducing <laughs> at the time or whatever. And it seems like that, that seems to be pretty standard, whether it's, you know, Time Wars or, you know, the the issue 41 of the Transformers where Blaster and Grimlock have their sort of duel and everything and then you know unfortunately the underbase comes along in issue 50 and the technobots along with like battle force 2000 and everything that was new and cool and space agey gets wiped out by starscream with the power of the underbase so i don't think you see the technobots very much in the marvel u.s comics after that and pretty much like what i n noted is that you know, the UK comics, like, still seem to feature them from time to time, and I think that's more tied in with the, you know, the season three G1 cartoon sort of chronology, I guess, by that point, you know. Well, they, they actually did get a good turn, uh, Mike can say this, uh, I don't know if they get a good turn, but they were actually very prominent in Stormbringer, which was nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the IDW series, yeah, because yeah. Jetfire I, well, was kind of like was... their... Their commanding officer, right? So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, like, I was always kind of, like, not disappointed, but, like, weirded out because it was, like, like Jetfire, yeah, was, like, kind of their leader. But it was, like, it, it was kind of treated like all five of them were scientists. And I was kind of, like, like, Afterburner ain't no scientist. No story. Right, right. Yeah, Strafe, Strafe and Afterburner and Scattershot would rather, like, shoot stuff, like... Like, yeah, you could probably well, well, argue that Lightspeed and Nosecone were scientists, but... Yeah, well, Lightspeed, Lightspeed and Nosecone seem to be the more brainy of the bunch in that Money is Everything episode. But I think one of the things that attracted me to, like, Afterburner, per se, was... I mean, he's almost like a space-agey Ironhide, you know? Like, where you're, you know, you got the vibe like you did with the old Season 1 guys, that these guys were, you know robots that were led by a john wayne robot and they were all kind of you know better term you know they were all kind of american you know like you 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 got that notion where they all kind of had a twang or a, a vibe about them where i i just kind of felt like oh okay like i i i dig these guys like i i know where they're coming from and stuff and i think afterburner was very much like that and so and then to suggest that like afterburner was a scientist or strafe, you know, was a scientist. It's kind of nuts, right? Like given yeah. the characterizations they had in the, in the G1 cartoon at any rate. I, I will say though, Derek, uh, as far as like my choice and your choice, and we will get to Justin's choice. I won't spoil it, but you know, there is one thing me and yours does 
very much share um, that some of the combiners really overlooked is like color coordination. Computron looks great when he's combined, just like Defensor, all the colors like match in a nice way. And it like, it looks, oh, yeah, these guys are a team, you know, like, sure, Devastator is all green and purple, and that's great. And like the aerial bots are kind of okay, but then there's like, you know, a black jet and a gray jet. And then like Minasaur. Minasaur is just a mismatch of colors. And, you know, even the Combaticons, like they, they kind of fit because they're muted colors. But Swindle's still orange. But like I would say Defensor and Combitron are just like very unified and they look really good together. Even though I know now as an adult, like it was just like them saving money and I guess, you know, reusing animation. Like I always thought it was cool. He had like that really nice animation in the opening like rebirth title sequence oh yeah 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 oh yeah from his commercial yeah, yeah. which it, like that's probably my favorite animated like title sequence for transformers but it's really weird because it's like you have some really fantastic looking animation but you have like some leftover season 3 com animation so it's like here's the best with the worst <laughs> it's like it's kind of <laughs> like doesn't work kind of yeah. as a kid i had G1 Strafe. Well, I guess I guess I was still a kid. Like I, I was probably ten or eleven. I got him used at a flea market. I maybe paid two dollars or something. And I was always kind of. I mean, I knew from the cartoon who he was, but I was always kind of like, you know, I, I know Derek likes the space stuff, and you know, Computron has like all these very you know forms. But I was like, is this a space? jet like cyclonus like i wasn't quite sure you know like what all the uh what they all turned into i don't don't know that always kind of bugged me i was like like i was like oh we can just make up stuff now it's like you know you you can't just be like uh, a beach buggy or a motorcycle or you know a specific car it's like uh screw it let's just make shit up like this guy has a drill this guy he's got like a bunch of guns on his nose and he's space like I don't care. Like you draw it, Larry. You're like Larry, you draw what I'm telling you. Okay. And I'm like, okay. They just make stuff up now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I'd strafe and uh, afterburner. Afterburner is really good. I like afterburner. Um, I think he's actually for his size a really good cyclebot because motorcycle was really hard back then. I know it sounds like Barbie math. You know, math is hard. You know, motorcycles are hard. But uh, I like afterburner. But strafe really was just. A big, big ass wing with guns on his nose, which I understand. He didn't have a cockpit. He like, he had a cockpit, but then they slapped a sticker right on top of it, and it was like, how do you see out of that? <laughs> it was like that, that. That doesn't make any sense. I've I've never owned any Technobots of any kind. Like I was like considering at one point getting like that Unite Warriors like gift set, but then I just didn't have the money for it. But I don't know. Maybe one day I will. I think the Technobots are also also kind of cool because they're the the forest. I don't know left or right, depending on how you want to look at it. As far as like uh, stalts, because usually on one end of the the spectrum, you have the ones that are like rampaging beasts, like Bruticus or you know Devastator, and they're made up of, of intelligent people. But when they combine, they can't hold their form together. Even Superion is it, said in his bio. Uh, his tech spec, he he is so driven for fighting that he like does 
have, you know, moments where he's just fighting. And he doesn't really care. <clears throat> Whereas like, you know, like Defensor and some other like, you know, uh, Gestalt have a unified purpose. So that does help their combining process. But Kabitron is so unified because he's a thinking machine that in his tech specs is like it takes him a few minutes because he's taking in every bit of data that like, you know, he he stands still. And I think it was actually shown in like, you know, some mosaics like, you know, it's like I am thinking. But when he does say something, you know, it's very profound, it's very you know wise and intelligent. But it's kind of cool that he's so together that he doesn't act quickly. And I think that's actually kind of cool. The, the best thing is that um, I, Grimlock, created them all, Larry. I created the Technobots. <laughs> this uh, is true. Grimlock's brain, yeah. yeah. The, that, the, that always, that always cracked me up because, like I said, I saw money as everything first. So when I, when I found out that Grimlock created the Technobots, I was kind of, like, blown away because I was like, wait, what? Like, what happened? No, like, because I, I thought they just kind of came out of nowhere, like, to be honest, because that box, was the yeah. first one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad the Technobots have, like, half of them are, like, dead in IDW, like, now. Like, they uh, after Stormbringer, it's just they kind of showed up doing science stuff, and then they'd get their asses kicked or something, and then, like, uh, I think it's, like... Lightspeed, Nose Cone, and Afterburner all died, like, at the end of that Mike Costa ongoing when uh, Galvatron and his, like, sweeps, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, overran the Kimia satellite or whatever okay. that they were stationed on. And then Scattershot, I think, is on Cybertron now, and Strafe is part of the Lost Lights crew. So, you know, maybe they'll resurrect the other three eventually, but... You know what yeah. I didn't know because I don't I don't keep up with the the toys and everything. I didn't realize like you know how you guys are discussing how Bruticus and Defensor both had additions to their combiner group. Like I didn't realize about the addition to Computron. Like I had no idea that like they there was that box set where Scrounge was Scrounge, like yeah. one of the Technobots. Yeah. And I was kind of like looking at it. I'm like, I'm like, and then of course me, like, you know, I don't, I don't mean to start shit with the Transformers wiki all the time, but they they have the little write up where they call Scrounge Blasters Gwen Stacy, and I'm just kind of like, come on, dude, like that's Blasters Bucky, man, like he's even got <laughs> the special arm, right? Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. And as far as that Unite Warriors, in fact, thing, I, sh- I should, I should go change that right now. And as far as like Scrounge, he's he's like basically like a, a auxiliary shield you can put somewhere on Computron. Really, he's not even a chess piece, I don't think. Right, Mike? Uh, no, yeah, I, I think, think Scrounge only like attaches, a, yeah, to his arm. To like the arm. Well, it's, it's, it's like I, I, I said I said earlier I didn't I've never owned any Technobots, but I guess I technically I technically do because I got a loose Scrounge like a couple uh, months ago. Okay. Yeah, so I I I have Scrounge, but. That was mostly because he was Scrounge, not because he was a Technobot. And he's right. basically Cosmos, basically. Yeah. Um, I will say yeah, this. It's like a yellow. Yeah. It's like a yellow Cosmos. The other, the other thing they they list for some reason here is uh, Boltax from the comics. So I didn't know that either. I will say this though, Derek. Your team keeps losing members. Defensor gains members. 
They didn't. They didn't kill any of those guys. They just added fucking Rook for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's it's not a competition, Tommy. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Spencer. At, at, least, at least it wasn't. At least it wasn't like the aerial bots where they they killed your favorite character, Derek, and replaced. They them killed with, Toast yeah. Head. Come on. Yeah. They they yeah. they got rid of they got rid of Toast Head, man. That's messed up, dude. I that that's what I should. If they make a decent uh, third party uh, slingshot, I'm buying him at a general principle. Yeah, my my guys, they were just like, hey, uh, uh, Blades or or like, you know, Streetwise, you want to like combine today? Nah, I'm reading a book. He's like, okay, cool. Rook, you want to come in? (laughs) You want to join on the show? (laughs) No, no, but no, no, actually, uh, like like I said, no, I I gave no shit to like competition. I didn't know that, Mike. I didn't know they killed off half of, well, not half, but like a third of them. That's that's like kind of shitty because uh, one of the things I I, I did want to bring up before we go further is like was combiner wars not really combiner wars because they seem to just introduce like new combiners and it was just like hey the 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 toys were selling you're gonna see like half of them (laughs) that that just just, i don't know that just like you know i was thinking about that 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 was long before like the combiner wars came out like that was before more than meets the eye and robots in disguise even started so Mm. But they they didn't make the effort to resurrect them when Combiner Wars rolled around, so yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like, was Defense War actually did he defense up like in Combiner Wars? I don't think he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh, okay. He did. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I mean, you know, no, no offense, listeners, and I'm not like trying to sound like you know pissy and stuff, but it was like, oh, we gotta give Victoria on the spotlight. Oh, look how awesome Victoria is. No one picked Victoria on this week. Just, just saying, just saying. <laughs> but no, I, but no, Derek. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a total coincidence that she's always on clearance. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. I, I give no, I give no, no hate to Compitron at all. Like that's that's a good design, and you know, I, I know, like I, I understand what Justin was saying. Like some of the the designs were like kind of like, what is this? But uh, just like Derek with season three, I'm like. Half the characters were like, "What is this?" You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's it's the future. You know, cars don't look like cars, so I was I was able to buy into it. You know, a Tie Fighter doesn't look like a fighter jet, so you know that's cool. <laughs> it's probably the beauty of the transformation, because like, who's to say what a you know futuristic space agey jet or you know power drill or sports car or motorcycle or any of that stuff would look like? So. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, like twenty years ago, that we think they have motorcycles with two wheels in the front and one in the back. No, not so much. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll be wrapping up with Justin's pick. So Justin, why don't you regale us with the the subgroup that you selected for this evening, and then we'll we'll go into it. I took a page from Mike's book, and I have an honorable mention. So my honorable mention is the Predacons. Like the untamed forces of nature, the Predacons are ferocious animal robots who lash out with fury. Swift, savage, and always relying on animal instinct, the Predacons explode into action. I was thinking about this. I think I first encountered the Predacons in an issue of, like, the comic, and specifically issue 37, which I, I don't know if you guys remember this one, but it's like 
a couple of the Transformers' bodies get destroyed, like Chase and Searchlight, but their brains are put in, like, remote control cars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, you have this cover where, like, you know, you've got, like, these <laughs> control cars, and then, like, this kid's running, and then he's being chased by the Predacons. And there's actually, like, an old family picture we have where it's, like, Christmas. It, it, this issue came out, like, October 87. And I think this picture is actually from December 87. And if you look on, like, a um, like a nightstand or something, like, you can see this copy of the Transformers laying there because I've, like, you know, was, re- was reading it earlier in the day. As far as, like, the cartoon, I mean, of course, the one episode that stands out for me is Call of the Primitives, and, you know, mostly for that fantastic animation. But I think just for me that was the episode where I kind of, like, sat up and took even more notice of the Predacons. Because I think, I think at that age, you know, I liked comics, but you know, the animation of a cartoon was always easier to kind of, you know, uh, latch onto. I don't know. I, I always liked the Predacons, and I think mostly it's because I don't know. I was a really little kid, and we went to the zoo quite a bit when I was a little kid. I don't know why, but it seems like we would go at least once a year. So I would be like, oh, like these guys are just. These are animals, and I just saw these animals at the zoo, and they're evil, and that makes them cool. I think that's what I thought in my head. And then when Beast Wars started, you know, you had the Predacons. So I remember thinking, like, when Beast Wars started, I was like, oh, like, well, that must mean, like, the Predacons took over, and, like, we're going to see, like, the old, you know, the old Predacons at some point. We didn't. They won, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, maybe Megatron lost, or, you know, because the Predacons. You know, because they had this huge epic fight with Megatron, like in, in issue 25, which is another issue I had, and I guess made an impression on me. But I was like, I kind of, I kind of imagined like the CGI like flashback in my head where like the Predacons like somehow managed to like take down Galvatron or something, and then like they take over or or something. I don't know. Like that, that was kind of like the backstory I I kind of had in my head. But like, as far as the toys go, like I never owned any of the g1 predicons but i know um this neighbor kid he had headstrong which was the only predicon he had sadly so like we you know whereas my cousin had like Hotspot and blades and we were just like oh i wish we had the other ones you know this neighbor kid he only had um headstrong but like i i thought he was pretty cool and I, he was like yeah i'm gonna get the others i'm gonna get the others and he you know he never did but that was okay so i don't think i ever like Hating attention to their personalities, you know. I, like I thought this was interesting. You guys have been talking about, you know, the various personalities of all these Transformers, and I don't think I paid attention to the Predacons' personalities. I was just like, oh, you've got like the Rhino, and you've got like two cats, and you've got like the bull and the bird. <laughs> like I mean, I know I knew their names and everything, but I was like. Wait, what are their personalities? And I was sitting here scratching my head, like trying to figure that out. And whereas you guys like, well, there's there there is that that and I'm pretty sure this is something Tony worked on, but there is that great little Transformers mosaic that you worked on, Tony, with Rampage, right? Yeah, actually, uh, was, Mike wrote Mike Mike wrote that. Somebody else drew it, and I colored it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like I, I I always remember that because that's that's one of my favorite things, and that sort of 
you know, that's that's kind of a textbook example of Rampage's personality, like how it deals with the, the bio card and how he gets fascinated by Earth television and stuff like that. I think that's kind of hilarious. So. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's, like, so off the wall to, like, mention in his, like, profile that, like, yeah, it just kind of fascinated me. Yeah, I enjoyed working on that because, like, the, the girl who drew it, it is, is kind of a kawaii, quote-unquote, like, uh, art style. But dealing with the story, how it was, you know, told, it it makes perfect sense. Because he, he is, like, you know, so engrossed with television. is like, him looking cute in that doesn't take away from the story. It's like... He's this guy who's like, you know, like, I'm an evil killer and I'll destroy everything. Ooh, TV. <laughs> yeah, he's probably Rampage is my favorite Predacon. Yeah, for, for, like, I think he looks cool, but like that quirk of his personality just kind of speaks to me, I guess. He's only the, the only Predacon I've ever, like, handled, like, physically, basically, like, the toy. Like, I've never had any of the others, but a, a friend of mine had a Rampage, and I got to, like, play with them for a little while, at least. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, like, yeah. Predaking has, like, a huge amount of fan art. I was going to ask, like, did you guys own, like, G1 Predaking or, like, any of the, like, re-releases or anything like that? I have none of them. I had... I had Rampage, I had Dive Bomb, and I had Tantrum. Tantrum's the bull, right? Yeah. Yes. Buffalo bull. Bu- buffalo bull. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I'll mention, like this, always kind of like, I don't know, I guess like in, in fan terms, kind of like made me butt hurt. But uh, I remember, you know, reading about like Transformers Zone on the internet. I was like, well, this sounds cool. And kind of like those Ninja Turtle OVAs, I remember spending like, you know, two hours or something downloading it from uh, dial-up. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome because like this is like this is like a G1 Transformers cartoon I've never seen with like characters, <laughs> you know, ca- some characters I've never heard of. But like it's going to have like, you know, legendary Destron generals and they've got capes and everything. I was like, OK, this sounds pretty cool. Sadly, no, so, it's like, going to end, yeah. So like, you know. Predaking shows up. I was like, "Yeah, like there's my boy." And then Diatlas cuts him in half. I was like, "What? <laughs> what?" It, it, it also doesn't help they animated his face wrong. That yeah, like that me. always bothered me too. I was like, "What's yeah. wrong with your face?" It's like they 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 animated like the back of his head or something instead of the front of his head, like as the front of his face. Like I don't know what the deal with that was. Yeah, there's like two little circles on it, but uh. But on the bright side, though, Justin, is like as far as Predaking goes, as far as the king suffix, it, uh, Mike can correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the largest combiner in G1. He, yes, he was. He, was it? Was he very stable? I I don't honestly know. Me I only had the the couple parts. Yeah, it's like, does anyone I, know? I, I, yeah, I, I've always yeah. been curious about that. Yeah. I mean, I imagine he would be, given how, I don't know how to explain it, but how kind of solid and hefty Predacons were. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, But I, I can't speak to the, the combining joint portion of it. But, I mean, compared well, to, like, say, Devastator, I would assume he was a hell of a lot more stable than, than Devastator. Well, uh, well uh, according to... Uh... The uh, Transformers uh, Guide to Collecting that I got from years ago by Mark Belomo. 
um, he was actually designed by a former Bandai employee. So I think he would actually be pretty stable. He actually worked at Bandai. He did like a lot of the Gundams and like a lot of the uh, Machine Robo stuff. And he actually designed Predaking. I think that's also why he had a more. Uh, and and I w- I didn't want to give this away, Justin, before you start talking because I saw your avatar. But uh, Predaking again is another one of those combiners who has a great color scheme. When he's combined, he looks like he fits together. Yeah. And I yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say is like I'm really happy that we're getting like an updated version of the Predacons. Like I was looking forward to that like the whole time they've been releasing these you know combiners redone i'm like well where's where are the predacons like that's like that's the one group that i want out of all the combiners is the predacons and like we're finally gonna we're finally gonna get them and i'm really happy about that yeah we haven't had any like release pictures of like what the figures are like but we had the the artwork and he's coming so yeah i'm excited too i i, I want to get him he, he's he's definitely like if I didn't get anything else from the Power of the Primes, I really do want to get a Predaking. I, I do agree with you on that, that, Justin. And I guess, like, this transitions into, like, my number one pick, because my number one pick is also finally getting, like, new uh, Power of the Primes toys. And that is, there's probably no surprise to anybody that's ever listened to the show, but the Dinobots. Sludge Nazi, these Decepticons before. Nazi again, either, because we dynamite them to pieces. Dinobots, no fool around. Right, Dinobots, transform. I love the Dinobots, and they are technically a combiner. Although I would rather forget the beast because he's a horrible <laughs> abomination of a thing, and I'm just like. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. Uh, uh, I'm the bestest ever. <laughs> but that, um, what's this combiner form called? Volcanus? Vol- yeah, Volcanus, Volcanus, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that actually looks fine. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, if you can make Galvatron and Optimus Prime headmasters and they were never headmasters in the continuity of anything, like, okay, that's weird. So if if you can sell me on that, okay, I'll buy that you're making the Dinobots a combiner. Like I get it. That it doesn't bug me. You know, like I'm not I'm not ever gonna display them in that form. I probably won't even do it out of boredom. I'll probably just, you know, have them in their Dinobot form. Well, I, I, I was about to say, uh, Justin, like the main thing though is like all the individual forms are, are like honestly really fucking spot on. They look really yeah. good. Yeah. And as you guys have been mentioning, there were some uh additions to the Dinobots over the years. Uh, my favorite one that I joke about <laughs> guys is... I, I Paddles. know it's coming. <laughs> Paddles. Yeah. Paddles, who the TF Wiki uh, states is the P-Best one, which is a Beatles joke if you're a huge Beatles fan. <laughs> yeah. But then there's also like... I'm not familiar with... Well, I'm familiar with another one. But Slash, somebody right? Yeah, Slash is the additional one for Power of the Primes, which I think she looks all right. I mean, you know, she's a girl, whatever. Uh, she's a Velociraptor. I think I think both of her forms look really cool. You've also got like three others, uh, three other additions to the Dinobots. I'm not familiar with, and I Mike could probably educate me. But there's Grim Master, Scar, and Strafe, which I assume was another Strafe. 
Yeah, like Strafe from IDW at least is a, a female uh, Camion colonist who teams up with the Dinobots in a, a one-shot called Redemption. And at the end of it, she kind of gets mutated by like Dark Energon and turns into like some kind of like two-faced dragon thing. Oh, and then from the she movie. Kinda, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a reference to the movie Strafe, which was a uh, two-headed oh. Tyrannodon, yeah. Okay. And she kind of joins the Dinobots, yeah. But And then Scar is also from IDW, and he was, he's part of, like, the Dinobots' origin story, as told in um, the miniseries Monstrosity. And he, like... He was, like, the sixth member of the Dinobots who, like, reformatted them into, like, beast modes, but they couldn't control them, and they ended up killing him. So the Dinobots, like, all, like, have a guilt trip or whatever about Scar. Like, I get, he's there, like, Bucky or whatever, yeah. <laughs> And then, what, was um, it when they were the? What, was it when they were the D Y N O B O T S bots? <laughs> yeah, yep, the Dinobots with a Y. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then um, uh, Grim Master, I think, is that Power Core Combiner guy who was like, you know, uh, oh, he he was a uh, Grimstone in the Power Core Combiner. Yeah, yep, yeah, and I think like the Japanese release of him like uh, retconned that into uh, like a rookie, like, member of the team or something who has, like, all these, like, you know, dino drones that he combines with or whatever. Wow. That's, that's, well, I thought the Pretendabots had a lot of members, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, fun, a, a fun note, though, uh, Justin, uh, Michael, get me uh, up on this. There's been multiple stories, even in uh, Dreamwave and the UK, where Swoop was originally called Dive Bomb, but Dive Bomb bested him, so Dive Bomb got his name, and that's why he, he became Swoop. That's weird. I never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's actually a funny story. It's like Dive Bomb was, or Swoop's original name when they were developing the character was Dive Bomb, but then they changed it to Swoop. So then years later, when they created an actual character named Dive Bomb, then Simon Furman turned it into like a backstory where. Swoop's original name was Dive Bomb, and then the Predacon Dive Bomb stole it from him. So, that's weird. yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool, like, uh, I don't know, a clever use of like background material, I guess. Clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, guess, <laughs> I, I guess the main thing that attracted me to the Dinobots as a kid, and it's probably you know pretty obvious, but like the fact that they were, you know giant robots that turned into dinosaurs and like most little kids like i was crazy about dinosaurs whether it was you know seeing an actual skeleton of a dinosaur in a museum or you know whether it was like something ray harry hasn't made for a movie or you know something like um the 60s lost world with jill st john where you have like iguanas with like duct tape and cardboard on the backs and they're supposed to be dinosaurs and just kind of rolling around like i you know stuff like that I, I you know i would eat that stuff up as a kid and i think the first appearance or the first time i remember seeing the dinobots was their like debut episode and i i knew somehow i knew that there were more so i was like well where are the other two guys and then they're like oh okay like they come along later and then the comic that stood out for me was issue 27 and that's the one where you have this great cover of the Dinobots like attacking Trypticon. Like I remember having, you know, 
having that one and reading a lot just because, you know, I thought it was a great cover and, it, you know, features the Dinobots. So I was like, whoa, this, you know, this has to be cool. It's like the Dinobots fighting a giant dinosaur. I was like, you know, that's kind of weird. As we record this, like the next, I think it's like issue 13 or 14 of Optimus Prime features like the return of Trypticon and the Dinobots. So like maybe they'll have a replay of that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, not not to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it yet, because I haven't read it yet. But isn't there like a upcoming story where the scavengers are like going to get fucked over and Grimlock's with them? Yeah, like solicitations for like I think I don't know next year probably or December December or January. Say the scavengers are coming back and maybe Grimlock will finally get his memory back. But it is funny though, because like. Uh, the issue I read of uh, Lost Light, uh, Grimlock's being, you know, he, he actually pisses himself because he's like, you know, stupid. Um, but at the end, Misfire's like, uh, you know, hey, thanks for like, you know, sticking up for us and stuff. Uh, we're going to fix your room, you know, and, and like, you know, we're not going to put locks on the doors. And Grimlock is like, thanks, I appreciate that. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, like, maybe Grimlock is not as dumb as he appears. I hope he saves the scavengers. The scavengers are like my favorite team in like IDW. I'm sorry, I, I love those guys. I, I guess it's no secret, you know. Grimlock is clearly my favorite, you know, of the Dinobots because I've used that screen name on Bot Talk since like 1999. I guess like a close second is um, Sludge, who's basically the stupid one, and I mean they're all kind of. Them, I guess would be a nice way to say it, which I, I always thought made sense because, you know, like they said in the cartoon, you know, dinosaurs have small brains and the Dinobots have small brains and that's why they're dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I like... It's like, kind of funny though, because everybody says like the Dinobots are like, you know, dumb, which they are. I mean, they are. But Grimlock is like a very uh, passionate leader uh, Swoop is actually nice. He's the nicest Dinobot. That's always been like kind of a thing. He's like the nicest Dinobot. And then yeah, Sludge, who like you said is kind of dumber than the rest, but he's almost like this like friendly dumb, like you know Lenny from uh, Mice and Men. Then you have Slag, who's like the angry antagonistic one, is like you know like you know like I said like in the movie, and like I said, but like we've said but many times when he stomps on the Quintesson door, he's like excuse me, you know. And then you have Snarl, who is, like, so close to being a deserter because he doesn't want to be a part of anything. He's, like, tired of being a Dinobot, which I think would be a really interesting story if they ever actually went into it. He's tired of looking ugly. He he, he had a better form at one point, and he doesn't want to be a dinosaur. Yeah, Snarl's my favorite just because I like Stegosauruses. And, yeah, I like the depressing guys, too, so... <laughs> Also, like in the in the cartoon, it was like a, he was like the only one who used his sword, so I thought that was pretty cool. I always thought it was cool that he didn't have a gun; he had a sword, and the sword could shoot. I was like, "That's awesome!" Yeah, yeah it was kind yeah. of like, "Why does yeah? What's the deal with that?" Like, he's the only one who's has like I knew all the Dinobots had swords, but I was like, "How come Snarl's the only one who uses it on the cartoon?" You know, like, yeah, and and now, now Grimlock has been retconned to be like the sword guy. <laughs> Quit taking everything, Grimlock. Not everybody breathes fire, too. Damn it. <laughs> but, but but what what but like I mean I didn't mean to cut you off, Justin. You, you said you always like Grimlock. What what like drew him to towards you? I guess as a kid, it was the fact that he was a Tyrannosaurus Rex and he was the leader. 
of the Dinobots. I, that's probably the you know simple explanation, but I, I don't know. I guess I mean I, I've told this story maybe once or twice on the show, but you know when I went to join Bot Talk, Grimlock was my second choice. Like my first choice was Galvatron because I always really loved Galvatron, and I like I was like oh man somebody already took Galvatron. I was like all right. What other Transformers do I like? I was like, well, Grimlock, of course. And I typed in Grimlock, and it's like, you know, you have been approved. I was like, all right. And I was like, I'm Grimlock. And then, you know, I've been Grimlock off and on since 1999, I guess. You know, depending on if I've, like, quit the board in a dramatic huff or whatever. I, I, was, always, I was always pretty confident nobody took Chainclaw. I was pretty <laughs> confident in that one. <laughs> um, like, as, as far as toys go, the only... Dinobot toy I had was I had the G2 Blue Grimlock and then a little bit later I was maybe 13 or something I got the Pretender uh, Grimlock at a mm. flea market or something but I, it you know of course it didn't have its shell it was just you know the little bot and I was like what is this this is really weird I didn't realize for whatever reason, I didn't realize he was a pretender. I knew what pretenders were. I just didn't realize there was a pretender Grimlock. So I was like, why is Grimlock so small? This is stupid. <laughs> I don't like this. But yeah, like for, I mean, I, I still have that G2 Blue Grimlock. It's, you know, during my great purge, that's one of the few things I kept. I was like, well, I'm clearly not ever going to get rid of this. And he's actually in pretty good condition, although he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have his weapons, but... Yeah, those those G two Dinobots were the first ones I owned. Like I had the blue Grimlock, the green Slag, and the red Snarl. Like I know they they all three of them had like three different colors, but like those were the ones I had. At various points in my life, I have owned all five Dinobots. When I was a kid, I had Slag, Snarl, and Swoop. And being a kid and not a good kid, I guess at some point. They, they got damaged in various ways. And they also bought Grimlock and um, Sludge later on. But they got, unfortunately, damaged beyond repair in a move. So at one point, I had all original G1 Dinobots with all their accessories. And don't hate me! <laughs> I had some of the G1 Dinobots. I'm sure, I'm sure I've talked about this before on various shows. But, you know, obviously, I love the Triceratops, so Slag was my first G1 he was my Transformer, and, and I did own, you know, Slag, and then after that, I did have a, I, I, I guess I got it in a trade or something, I did have a Snarl, but like, you know how his tail, you know, splits off into two pieces, so like, it, it was a Snarl who's, you know, a portion, you know, the the right half of his tail was missing, and you know he didn't come with his accessories and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, I did that have was also that's also back metalized, so it probably broke off pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, and and then I I did own a swoop, and that swoop was something I I'm pretty sure I got it at like a Gemco or something like that, and you know it, it, it was pretty decently kept for a while, but at some point the the head broke off of it and everything which is, so I which think is even, usual yeah 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 that's that's a common thing that happens to swoops um and and when I did my great purge you know the, the you know those you know left my collection and everything but but those were the three that I had I really really did want Grimlock especially 
once he sort of became a prominent season three character. And I, I remember going to the the stores and everything, going to Toys R Us, and we were trying to find one. But by that point, the Dinobots had kind of really been phased out. So, you know, there was a, a nice stock. Not, not, not there, on the, not on the said, show, but just like you couldn't buy them anymore. Yeah. Right, right. The toys weren't there, you know, and there there was a nice stock lady there and she she went and looked for me and she's like, oh, I remember those. And she's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You know, we don't have any in the back and, you know, we don't have any out here, you know. And I think I think at that point, that's when I got repugnance. And that's why I think of the monster bots as kind of like the successors to the to the Dinobots, but that's, you know, I'm sure I've told that story before, but that's, that's, those are the Dinobots that I've owned. And it's funny now looking at a lot of these third party, you know, fans toys, Dinobots, because they, they all have variants of the G1 or I'm sorry, the G2 colors that you guys are all describing. So there is a, you know, like if, if you want to spend $200 on Grimlock, you can, but if you want a blue Grimlock for 200 bucks, you can do the same thing or, uh, you know, a red slag or a, a green or a green slag and a, a red snarl, you know, like all those kind of colors are are available. They even have it where you can get the, you know, the cartoon looking swoop where he's got the blue chest or you can get the the toy looking swoop where he's got the red chest. So there's a lot of different options for people that are, you know, wh- whatever you're the most passionate about, you know, you, you've got those options available. Well, well, the blue swoop was a, was actually a toy. He was just a diaclone version. Yeah, yeah, that's where that. And then they they used that color in the cartoon for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. You know what was really weird about swoop? I never understood. Um, you said you had him, Derek. I had him. Did did either you or Justin have him, Mike? Swoop. Negative. No, but that that same neighbor I mentioned, he had swoop. Okay. Swoop had landing gear wheels. Yeah. Which I never well, got. That, well, that was the only way he could stand up or stand up. You know what I mean? That that was the only. I mean, swoop. You you couldn't display, really yeah. keep him level on a display if he didn't have that landing gear because you, you no, needed something to yeah. sort of keep him at a you know at a ninety yeah. degree angle or whatever. Like that's that's kind of what that was for. But yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't stupid. I mean, it like, made sense, but it was just like it was it was just kind of funny because like. All the other Dinobots slash, you know, Diaclone, you know, Dinoformers or whatever you want to call them, they, they'd look more like, you know, like this is, you know, a beast mode, you know, just teched up and like, you know, all mechan- me- mechanized. But like Swoop is like, no, I'm also kind of a plane, too. <laughs> well, the, the cool thing that I appreciate is the power of the Primes version. Apparently, you can like pick and choose which one you want. Yeah, they're gonna release them in both colors. It looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's what I, that's what I was giving uh, Justin credit for is like you know, he's not a big fan of maybe the combiner form. Like he might, I, I assume every one of us when we get all five Dinobots, we're gonna at least make Volcanus once and just be like, I just want to look at it, see what it looks like. But all five of those look really good just by themselves, and I'd just be totally happy just to like have the team of five just standing next to each, next to each other. And I think that's like, you know, so awesome that like, they're actually, cause as far as I know, Mike and Justin, Derek, as far as I know, this is the first time we've gotten all five G one straight up Dinobots in like forever. They've, they've been given names from other like, you know, toy lines. 
<clears throat> and like you know not remolds but recolors but like as far as like their actual forms the closest we got was like the uh, uh the energon swooping grimlock which is ass <laughs> yeah yeah that that was really awful well, at, at at the time, I really wanted them because I figured we'd never ever get another Grimlock and Swoop, but I never did find them. Yeah, and it's still really high on eBay or or Amazon, even if you can find it on Amazon. But like, yeah, really high. But yeah, we never got Snarl or oh, uh, I, I I am totally remiss on this. Is is Slag still Slug? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking like about. Per- <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about British people. <laughs> I, 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 la, 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 la. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> for anybody who is listening in America, slag is a uh, offensive term in Britain for But I don't care. You know, when I get him, I want to call him slag. Whatever. <laughs> They they should make a Dinobot called Chav or something just to get back at them. <laughs> Dinobot slut. <laughs> hey, it begins with an S. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I, I do agree, Justin. As like as far as a subgroup, they they are probably the most popular and most well developed. Even like Slag, Slug, whatever. Fuck it. Um, and the rest of Dynamos have gotten some love in IDW, and like they're they're like you know good characters. They're they're fun, and you you, you always have a sense of uh, enjoyment when they come out, you know. And they're also one of the things that has always been a problem with the Autobots. There's not a lot of ass kickers, but the Dinobots are ass kickers. They will beat the shit out of people, so that's always kind of cool. You know, the thing about the Dinobots in IDW is like Ironhide was kind of teamed up with them quite often I guess you know minus Grimlock because he was off you know doing other stuff but like it was like Ironhide and the other Dinobots you know had a various adventures and as a kid I was never crazy about Ironhide I mean I I didn't hate him or anything but I was just kind of like oh there's Ironhide you know he he was just kind of there I mean he's just kind of like I don't know. In my head, he's kind of like the season one and two cup, only not as like honorary and old, I guess, just because he's kind of grumpy and headstrong. And, you know, he's like, oh, I can handle this. Oh, I totally can't handle this and got my butt kicked. But um, anyway, I guess like him interacting with the Dinobots and IDW kind of made me reappreciate um or I guess re-examine Ironhide and kind of appreciate him more. I was like, oh, Ironhide's actually all right. Yeah, Ironhide is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we me me and Derek discussed it when we reviewed like Redemption and stuff. That like it, it's nice. It's kind of nice that Grimlock's been separated from the other Dinobots because they like he's kind of all em- over empowering like for the like the rest of them like yeah it's nice it's nice for the like the others to get kind of spotlighted at at points you know with grimlock out of the picture well Well, that that and and when when grimlock finally you know like i I know you guys are talking about it and i'm really not quite there yet with the comics but i imagine when they do finally get back to grimlock it makes it a little more appealing because he's been 
at least MIA for so long, you don't have that sort of dreaded sense of overexposure or too much fan or, or you know, whatever the, the common yeah. kind of fanboy complaint is, you know, because it's like, you know, it's probably the idea of, oh, let's let's kill Wolverine and let him rest for a little while. Now, at least we don't have old man Grimlock running around or, like, a little girl <laughs> Grimlock and all this other shit, right? In the meantime, like, we actually get to take a breather from from Grimlock and then when he shows back up then you're like oh hey I've missed you you haven't been around for a while <laughs> that, you know? that'll that'll be the movie they make it'll just be Locke and like he's he's got a like uh, cart like uh, slash around and like a <laughs> Optimus Optimus Prime in a wheelchair or something. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> God fucking damn it Grimlock. What are and then, you he, then he can hang out with like Atomizer, and then Atomizer dies horribly. <laughs> right, old old man Grimlock. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Grimlock has been shown with the scavengers a couple times, Eric, and I'm sure you know that. But like, uh, yeah, 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 he hasn't been a, a focus, and and that that is kind of cool because Simon Furman, as much as I love the guy, he's a great writer, much better than I will ever be. God, he did did give a little fan aura to Grimlock. He made him a little bit too much of a badass. And, you know, maybe Mike would agree, maybe not. Maybe Justin will agree, maybe not. It is kind of nice to see Grimlock not having a redemption arc, but, like, him trying to get back to where he was. And it's like, oh, okay, so Grimlock's not the focus, but he's still an important character. And even the scavengers know that. Like, they're, they're, they're like, you know, half of them are scared of him. But, like, Misfire is like, you know, that's my boy, you know? Like, that's, that's my little, like, Grimlock. And it, it's not placating it's not like you know uh patronizing it's like grimlock got fucked up by something which i'm sure is going to be revealed at some point because i don't even know what it is but he got fucked up his brain got scattered or something like that and the last time we saw him was like in that dinobots like uh miniseries right mike yeah i guess of sound mind yeah probably yeah in maximum dinobots yeah 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 before he got fucked up yeah so like yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I mean I'm I'm like Justin. It's like I do like Grimlock. I think Grimlock is a really fun character because he's so abrasive. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of neat the way they characterized him in the cartoon. Whereas, or you know, like he's kind of he kind of wants to be the leader, but, but mostly because you know the other you know basically the other Dinobots are kind of dumb and they're just like oh we follow strongest. Whoever strongest we follow, and Grimlock's like, you know, me Grimlock must lead. And then you know he's kind of, you know, there's a few times where like Grimlock's like, oh, me Grimlock save you again, Optimus Prime. I was just like, I was like, uh, I was kind of was yeah. kind of funny. He was kind of, he's not, you know, taking power away from Prime. He's just kind of like, you know, elbow him. He'll just like give him like yeah. an elbow. He's like, you know, see like, me stronger than and, you. Yeah, like. There, there's that period in, like, season two when the Dinobots would show up, like, before the movie and before season three, where they were just kind of, like, <laughs> they were kind of resigned to their role as being kept in a closet yeah. until, like, the Autobots needed them. And then when they came out, yeah, Grimlock would be all, like, sar like sardonic about it, where, you know, it was like, Be Grimlock here again to pull your diodes <laughs> out of laser fire. Yeah. yeah. I, I also liked, um... I think it's uh, Atlantis Arise where you have like this really nice battle between Grimlock and Megatron, and Grimlock's clearly holding his on, 
or he's holding his uh his own against Megatron and he you know even sometimes Prime himself will struggle or you know Megatron yeah. will you know you know cause him to like <laughs> have problems. I think it might have been in that episode or maybe in Dinobot Island, but one of Grimlock's, like, sickest burns was uh, Megatron goes, like, you don't scare me, and Grimlock's like, good, we love stupid enemies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is Dinobot Island. I just watched that a while back, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, because, like, yeah, Grimlock is a badass, and, like, you know, he's bigger than Optimus Prime. He's taller and he's, like, stronger and I know Michael get my back on this. There has been a lot of contention because uh, Grimlock sounds stupid, but it's actually said that he has a viral glitch and he speaks that way because there's something in his brain, kind of like Bumblebee, where he can like speak in like fucking FM radio, whatever. But uh, Grimlock says, you know, like me, Grimlock, strongest is like what he say is like. I am strong, Optimus. Let me, you know, handle this. But it comes out stupid. But he's actually got like an intelligence of seven on his like tech specs meter, which seven is not bad. That's not stupid. <laughs> I do, I do like like the comic setup where like only Grimlock talks like that, but the other four Dinobots like talk normally. Like I, I think that makes Grimlock a lot more like unique, I guess. But yeah, like he's, you know, he, even though he talks like that, he's like a brilliant tactician and a like you know a really good warrior and stuff and i don't know i guess maybe he's like the vegeta to optimus prime's goku or whatever i i also like um i think it's uh desertion of the dinobots where uh i forgot they asked the dinobots to help and grimlock's like i don't want to help and uh, wheeljack's like how come you don't want to help and grimlock's like i don't know why not so we'll help you like this time like Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like definitely, uh, definitely, Justin. Like the Dinobots are like they, they, they. You know, we based a whole fourth movie on them being awesome, and they sucked. <laughs> and the reason was is because Michael Bay didn't understand them. They made them dinosaurs. But if you actually take them as a character, yeah, they, 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 they are definitely like probably they are not only the most probably popular sub team but you did kind of you did kind of pull a timey-wimey thing on this which i don't blame you on since they are combiners now that, that was like yeah that was, that was a very good choice it's like yeah the dinobots can combine now and like who 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 doesn't like dinosaurs you know that's yeah i, I was just gonna say like in in i can summarize the dinobots like by uh, using that last uh, uh transformers the basics uh youtube like video that chris mcfeely put out where he, he i think he opens it up with he says like kids love dinosaurs like kids love robots Kids love rebellious anti-heroes. So, of course, kids are going to love robot, dinosaur, rebellious anti-heroes, yeah. And, you know, even though Brian's not here, I'm going to say this anyway. I never cared for Minasaur, ever. What a nerd. (laughs) Minasaur is totally the scrub of the Gestalts, yes. Yeah, Minasaur, you know know what? Actually, you know what? I'm going to drop this mic right here as far as that. Defensor, totally better than Minasaur. Bam. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. If you listen to this, sorry, Brian. But yeah, Minasaur is without a doubt probably my least favorite, like of the G1 Gestalts. 
<laughs> hard, hard cut. And, and, uh, uh, and, Ab- and that's that. And Abominus is friggin' pink, and I still like him. <laughs> I like Abominus. Abominus is cool. I like Abominus too. I do. <laughs> Hell, I, I like Piranicon. Yeah, yeah. Eat it. Hell, I even like Monstructor. Okay, no, kinda, but. I, I, I would like him more if I bought him and, like, he wouldn't crumble into dust when I transform, like... <laughs> which one? Was, was it is Slog? Is Slog the one who's gold? I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they might be making a new Monstructor because people have been saying, like, those new Terror Cons that are coming out, like, kind of look like they have parts to be redecoded into, like, the Monster Pretenders or whatever. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough, but, like, it's possible. Come on, Tony. You totally, you know, you totally want a Voyager class slog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sh- shit, man. Like two weeks ago, I was like looking at that terrible Lyokaiser fucking combiner. I'm like, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 I doubled down. I was like, nah, nah, meh, yeah, meh. I say, yeah, yeah. Like Copytron is at least good. <laughs> I'm like, what would be a really sick burn to end this on is that Puzzler might very well be better than Metasaur. <laughs> Puzzler is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, he, so. he makes he makes more sense. Even, I think I think even Brian admitted that at one point. Don't yeah, you remember so. when we did that special yeah. intro where he was like, Metasaur is the most powerful combiner made of cars, except for maybe Puzzler. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right, well, I, I think this kind of wraps up our whole discussion on our favorite gestalts, our favorite combiners, the subgroups, and everything like that. So if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you want to send us an email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com and tell us your favorite subgroup and why you like them, feel free. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We, of course, appreciate all the feedback and likes and hearts and shares on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, etc. that we receive. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and this podcast has been taken out of your hands, Derek. Yours too, Michael. (laughs) It's time for me, Grimlock, to leave. And this is Tony, and I will defend humanity until I can't and, like, get butt-raped, because I suck. (laughs) That's pretty much how it goes down, right? Poor defensor. me, me, Me and Tony have to, like, hold up. Justin's arms and go like, "All hail him, Grimlock!" <laughs> you, what happened? You dead? Yeah, Justin. Oh, t- maybe oh. we did. <laughs> Justin, they kill you. Justin totally pulled out a ringer on that one. It's like, <laughs> God damn it! You picked the one everyone likes. <laughs> That's okay. That's yeah. We're gonna do a mutiny against Derek. Like Justin's gonna be like, "Look, it old hoax." <laughs> Good. We like dumb hosts. <laughs>
we'll, we'll we'll change our minds, right? And then like you know, we'll we'll save Derek's life, and then you know, Justin will go up to Derek and be like, "Can you forgive me?" And then Derek will just shake his hand and go, "Let's go home," like and like very clearly not forgiving you. <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs> It's like it's time for Justin to go back in the closet. <laughs> back in the closet with you. You know, thing in there is like a TV and a VCR with like the beast fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that. The paddles is like swimming around in the back of the fucking arm or whatever. <laughs> it's like, how many Dinobots do you have in that closet, Wheeljack? Like, oh, I got a Velociraptor, I got a Plesiosaur, like, I got this other big robot that's made up of like six dinosaurs. Like, you ever heard of Dino King? He was a thing in Japan. Me and Ratchet had too much energy that night. We made him out of all kinds of dinosaurs. I made a saber tooth tiger. It's not a dinosaur, but fuck it. It was back then. Whatever. <laughs> it was on Legends of Tomorrow. Whatever. <laughs> we made new dinosaurs after the old ones got wiped out by Meteorini Chipperoni or whatever. 